the reason that 550 billion withdrawal didn't crash the system is because it wasn't all paper. A lot of people are on their phones, on their electronic devices, making payments, making wires, transferring money electronically, going to things like Cash App and Venmo and PayPal, you know, sending money, paying bills off early, saying, well, if I'm going to lose my money, I may as well pay off my house and car, you know, at least get that credit instead of losing it through the banking system. So people have been paying bills and moving money around electronically, which is why the physical cash market hasn't frozen up yet. But you have to anticipate with that much money coming out of the banking system at one period of time, if people continue to do that, if we see another bank go under and people, more and more people start to rush, you could see a draw on physical money that likely would cause a nationwide bank holiday. That's something. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website or call 307 264 9441. Hey everyone, this is your weekly market wrap. I'm your host, Robert from goldsilverpros.com. We're recording this on March 17th, 2023, about noon central time. And you guys have asked for this to come out same day as record. So we're going to try to get these out on Fridays or uh, very latest uh, Saturdays from now on, given the amount of news. And today's edition is called Bank Failures Highlight Deflationary Woes. And I want to show you a chart that we had shown on the program a couple of times before that I wanted to bring it back. A little bit of a warning ahead of time about what we may be going through. Uh, although the way that's manifest in the banking system was a bit of a surprise. This is where uh, we generally are in terms of the overall inflation cycle. Something that I've been covering for the last year or so is that the inflationary waves, like if we go back to the 70s, it occurs in waves. Things happen in waves. There's a, a wave and then a pullback, a bigger wave, a pullback, the biggest wave, and then, and then the crash, the big crash, if you will, where everything kind of comes crashing down in terms of prices. And along the way, you have these inflationary and deflationary cycles. Now, if we're going through something similar we did in the 70s, which I think there are a lot of similar characteristics, then we're probably somewhere in here where the CPI is going down. We'll talk about that today. We're having bank failures. You're having a lack of inputs into the system, and that's causing liquidity crunches and liquidity crashes. We'll talk about that as we go further into the presentation today. That's essentially what I think is happening is we're in a liquidity crunch. Looking at the markets, the stock markets have been down all week. They've been crashing on the news. There's a little bit of a faux recovery, and then they went back down. The cryptos did a little bit better than I thought. They crashed a lot at the beginning of all of this, but recently they've been up. As I'm reading this, Bitcoin's up 1,483 uh, to 26,487.22. That's a 6% change in a day. The rest of the crypto complex is doing pretty well. Ethereum is up $36 or 2%. Uh, most of the crypto complex is up. So people are putting their money in cryptos, it looks like, as they pull their money out of the banks. Uh, we'll get to the banks here in a moment. Looking at the economic data, the uh, optimism index, 90.9, .9, a little bit higher than, than would have thought. Uh, that's the small business index. That's okay. People think business is going to be okay. Consumer price index, CPI was at 6%. That's about what expectations were lower than we've seen the previous 9, 10, 11 months. It's good that we're seeing a little bit, bit of that recede, but I don't think this is the end of inflation because we haven't dealt with our issues. I think this is just part of stage one of the inflation deflation cycle that we showed you at the beginning of the program. Retail sales continue to be down. They've been down all year. They're down 0.4% this month. Uh, outside of autos, down one-tenth of a percent. So autos adding by themselves 0.3% negative on the retail sales. Producer price index is down 0.1%, which means we still think that we're going to see prices fall a little bit more. Um, Empire State Manufacturing Index is a negative 246 
This is the worst economic data point. This is manufacturing around the state of New York down a 24.6 points. Uh, anything below 50 is considered negative. That's way <laughs> below 50. So that's that's a crash condition for New York State manufacturing this past month. Business inventories are winding down as people are creating less because we've had some inventory stuffing, meaning there's too much inventory in the channel, which is another reason why prices are falling. What will happen is prices will fall. People will gobble that up. We'll have another inflationary wave, and this will go in a set of waves, and it'll span over several months each wave. Initial jobless claims, 192,000, uh, less than what was expected. Continuing jobless claims, 1.6 million, less than what we saw last month. So joblessness a bit better than we expected the last month, although I'm not sure how much I believe the numbers. The government uh, appears to have made a little bit of headway there, or not anything in terms of the big bucket of of empty jobs that we've been missing dating back to the last crisis 2008 building permits and housing starts are both up i'm not going to read the numbers but they're up solidly we saw some positivity in the housing market this week which is nice to see a rebound i don't think it'll stay there because the consumer's hurting but i do think an ease back in some inflation and things have caused people to purchase who may have been waiting you know for that threshold to be crossed in terms of lower interest rates and, and the affordability index uh, capacity utilization is down to 78%, a little bit lower than expectation of 78.3. That just means we're not producing as much as we could as an economy. And 78% is not a great number. It means we're, we're leaving 22% of gross domestic product on the table, according to economists. Definitely not a sign of a chugging economy, a time in which we need you know, as much manufacturing and as much uh, positive creation as we can to pay off some of these coming bankruptcies. And to put liquidity in the system, the banking system is struggling. SVB is finally channeled for uh, filed, sorry, for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It's two two financial branches. Uh, SVB Capital and Securities would be spun off, uh, and, and still operate as SVP Financial, and they would spin off the losses of the banking system. Uh, that's been the petition. That would be the reorg. Uh, First Republic uh, is almost a two hundred billion dollar bank. Had deposits of one hundred seventy six point four billion as of December thirty first. Uh, 11 banks created a $30 billion rescue package for First Republic to keep it from going under, and they're trying to find a buyer. Uh, those uh, potentially interested in buying First Republic would be Morgan Stanley and PNC. We'll see if that happens. There's an article in which JPM is mentioned among a group of banks that have seen $550 billion in deposits withdrawn in a week. That's a massive amount. There's only so much liquid cash in the system about two trillion dollars if all of that were withdrawn in cash it'd be a quarter of the available cash in the system no i did not misspeak now not all of that has been lines of the bank you may not have seen lines of the bank because people are doing electronically so they're pulling on a lot of that electronic cash but it certainly is causing stress in the system and jp morgan and the big banks here are not the and the regional banks are not the only ones uh continuing to see withdrawals we've also seen it with credit suisse and credit suisse has kind of emerged it was a bank that was in trouble in Europe, and then it seemed like it kind of was getting its act together. You didn't hear much about it, heard about it a couple of years ago. Now, all of a sudden, they, they're seeing historic levels of clients pulling their money, even though the national bank, Swedish National Bank, said, hey, we'll support you with a credit line of some $50 billion. Uh, people have still withdrawn more than that out of, as you can see here on the chart, out of Credit Suisse. So despite the guarantees by the central bank, it appears as though the banking system is going to have to continue to pour more money into Credit Suisse, or you could see that erupt. And if Credit Suisse erupts, it could take down the banking system across the world. Yes, you heard that right. It could take down the banking system across the world. This is a big one. We'll have to see what happens. Massive run on banks all across the world, not only related to FTX and the crypto crisis, not only related 
to SVP and the tech sector and the problems we've seen in the tech sector. Remember all the jobs I've been telling you they've been losing and, and the bank went out and, and the run started in tech and uh, it may come to financial as well. Not only the banks and other, because financial was the one that got hit the hardest at quarter four, quarter four in terms of revenues. We heard Goldman Sachs struggling a little bit there with their um, consumer division. So banking definitely has had its share of troubles. And as a result, we've seen the highest redemptions at the FHLB window and the Fed's discount window, which are emergency lending lines dating back to the 2008-2009 mortgage crisis. That's right. We've surpassed the amount of withdrawals at the discount window in one week than we had during the pandemic in 20 when everything literally shut down. And it's second only in recent memory to the last financial crisis. Uh, the banks need the money. The banks need the money. There's a big liquidity issue going on right now. If you've not removed your money from the bank, chances are you may be removing some, whether electronically or physically, because if you don't, there's a worry that there's not enough money in the system. And I'm not trying to spark further bank runs by saying that because nobody wants everybody to withdraw money out of the system. Because if you get one ninth of it out, then they're basically bankrupt and the Fed has to backstop everything with pure cash printing. That could lead to hyperinflation and collapse of the economy. Nobody wants that to happen. I'm simply reporting the news as to what's going on. We're going to get into the gold and silver. Gold, as you can imagine, has exploded upon news of the bank failures in the system. You see trading going way up. You see the price going up. And you see a lot of this. EFP over to London on Thursday's data, 2,230 contracts. A COMEX went over to London on Wednesday. It was 43, 2020. I'm sorry, 22. Uh, on Tuesday, it's 4,911. Look, wait till you see Monday, 7832. This is more EFPs I've seen in a single week than I might have seen in the previous few months. Going over London, people are trying desperately to get their gold. They're delivering on the current month, which is not the biggest month. Most of the trading is going on for April, and it's starting to rotate into June because it's a futures market. So people are taking what delivery they can. There's only 597 more contracts open. And this number is higher than earlier this month, and plus 80. So people are opening contracts trying to get instant delivery because you see contracts coming in on a month in which it's basically over for trading purposes, for all intents and purposes. People are trading April, now rotating in June. It's a futures month. They're trading the future. But people are still coming in for instantaneous deliveries, plus 80 contracts. This isn't for price exposure. This is to get deliveries. And maybe some of them are going to London. Their people are scrambling for gold wherever they can. It's very clear. That's what we're seeing on the COMEX exchange. If we look at the pricing data, healthy amount of contracts traded in April, 249,761. The next month coming up is June. That'll be the next dominant month. Down $8 yesterday to 1923. Uh, that's on yesterday's data, up $20 the day before, 1931. And Tuesday, it was down $5, 1918. So we've had a little bit of sideways trading this week in gold, but I think it's very, very bullish. Uh, we'll show you the London statistics here in a moment. Uh, we'll get over to that. Let's show you the silver futures. As you can ma imagine, silver spiked as well. Lots of open interest. Lots of increased interest in that market. The dominant month is still May with 96,000 contracts at close, although 2,000 rolled off of that month and the majority seem to be going into September. So you do see some contracts for July and September. I, I think that we'll see some pretty robust trading for July and September. And then December will be the biggest uh, dominant month to end the year for silver. Some EFPs there as well, though not near as many. 400 exchange for physicals over to the London market on Thursday's data. On Wednesday's data, 1883 contracts of 5,000 ounce silver. On Tuesday's data, 2,275 EFP to London on 5,000 ounce contracts of silver. And then on Monday, 1936, we've seen some deliveries here, 21. Uh, Monday, 3. On Tuesday, again, not a big delivery month for March, not enough open contracts. 
but we have seen in gold at least people going for instantaneous delivery a little bit in silver here too with yesterday's data 18 contracts came in uh, at least four of those were immediate delivery we think why else would you put them in the same month this is to try to get as much metal as you can 2000 ounces additional silver uh, I'm sorry, 20,000 ounces going off the market of those four deliveries from contracts that came in instantaneous delivery. Now, it's not supposed to be an instantaneous delivery uh, exchange, but if people are willing to do it, if shorts are willing to give up their metal, you can do it. You can uh, see that happen. Otherwise, it's going to go over to London to see if they can get exposure there. Otherwise, they're going to have to wait till May for the next big delivery month for silver. That looks like when it's going to be. Looking over to London, we've actually had the first time an increase in silver, according to February data. For January, we had 840,877 uh, million ounces. Sorry, these are in millions. Now, 847,077, an increase of, it looks like, oh, 6,200, uh, something like that. Increase about 6,200 uh, million ounces of silver. Sorry. And into the London market. So a little bit of flow in the London market, not much, not flowing out. So that's good uh, on the coma. Okay, everybody, sorry about that. I had a battery a malfunction on the mic. So we're back finishing up this week's weekly market wrap up. It's been an important week uh, for what's happened in the banking system, but all the other warnings we've got about what's going on. Going to gold here, looking at the commitment of treasury report. We do have an update to March 7th now because of cybersecurity attack on I am one of the third party uh data providers to the CFTC, the regulator. We haven't been able to cover the COT report in any detail recently because we haven't had the data. And they have put out some interim reports catching up to certain weeks, but I don't have the whole data going from back in January when this started to March now. So I can only read you the data that we have now. So I can't fill in the blanks about what the trading was the last three, four, five, six weeks between the different participants, but I can show you what it is now. And that's what we do here. So this is as of March 7th. Hopefully, by the time you guys watch this, the new one is out because they put them out on Fridays with Tuesday's data. Hopefully, they're able to get them all out now. But we're going over the one that's live on their website. We're going to go down here till to Silver first. This is Silver Commitment of Traders on the COMEX dating through March 7th, about a week and a half ago, Friday, when all the bank stuff really started getting going. Producer merchants are net short. That makes sense. They have uh, downside price risk between the time that they uh, find their deposit and get it out of the ground. So they're going to take shorts as a legitimate hedge. That makes sense. The swap dealers have gone net long about 14,000 contracts. That means they expect silver to go up. The other reportables, which are the wealthy family offices of wealthy individuals, are very net long 15,000 contracts to 5,400 on silver. The managed money, which are the financial types, the people that manage the 401k and stuff like that, are short almost a two to one ratio on silver. They're not expecting it to go up. I happen to think the swap dealers and the wealthy individuals are correct here. The silver is going to continue going up. And then the managed money right now in this rising silver price environment is kind of taking it in the shorts. But honestly, silver hasn't risen enough really to bankrupt anybody either way. So we'll have to see what happens going forward. Gold is a completely different story. And when this, this trade flips is when I believe we have the next really big run in gold coming. Now, the bank failures are an indication of risk in the system. And I've said the black swan will be with the banks. It'll be some sort of bank failure. I was surprised by the way that that manifested through the depositors, but we did say it would be a bank. That was true. And it it's pop gold just a little bit, but not the big one. Because why? Because the government came in to save it. 
And so that systemic risk people think has been mitigated. I don't think it has, but the market is saying, yeah, okay, we're mitigated here for now. So we're not going to spike gold to 2,200, but there was a lot of interest in gold uh, lately. You can see the producer merchants are the usual short due to price risk. Makes sense. Swap dealers are still two to one negative on the short side in terms of gold almost. And that makes a lot of sense. And until this number changes, until the swap dealers start going more long, in big amounts, I'm not going to call the big change in the gold price and the big next bull gold market because this is how price is determined. Although I will point out that the swap dealers did drop 7,500 shorts and add almost 1,500 longs. So they went almost 9,000 to the long side net net of all positioning uh, in the week leading up to March summit. Now what they did in the week leading up today, we don't know. We won't know for another few days till that next COT report comes out, but we'll see the positioning there. The managed money went really short on gold. This one I have to question. 16,000 contracts in a week, short gold and only 4,000 long. So they're still net long on gold, but managed money still is starting to get a little bit nervous on gold and moving closer to an even position. I would have to caution my managed money followers against that. I see no scenario in the next year in which gold falls substantially. I see no scenario in which gold falls substantially in the next year. Uh, I don't know that'd be increasing those short positions to manage money. If I were you, I would look to drop some of the shorts and maybe go long. Honestly, I just don't see where gold's going to go short here on the next couple of three months contracts, which is what you guys are bidding on. When you add these short positions, you're saying the next two to three to four months that gold's going to go short. I see no scenario in which gold goes and stays down from here, but I could be wrong. The other reportables, wealthy family offices, almost a four to one, about a three point something to one position long on gold. I think they know where it's going to go long term. And that makes sense. Looking over at the LBMA and the London side of the house, we have had a net increase in silver for the first time dating back to, gosh, I want to say a year ago. It's been over a year since we've had a net positive inflow of silver into the London market. That's physical silver into London. It has happened. We've added it went from 840 million ounces to 847 million ounces, about 6,200,000 ounces or so have flown into London and a bunch of those ounces have come out of the COMEX market. So it's a net net, probably about even in terms of silver flowing on the Western market. But it's interesting to see it's coming into London, not COMEX. And it's interesting to see we see these EFPs, uh, both in gold and silver, where people are going over to London. I'm wondering these EFPs, this 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 U.S. side exposure that's being moved to London in form of this exchange for physical, I'm wondering if that's a result as London actually has more physical available. You see it in the chart. They actually had a little bit of a net increase. Maybe people are going to London to have a little bit of exposure to that. We'll have to see. Interesting little you know, nugget of information going on gold silver. So to recap, big week with the bank, systemic risk uh, of your deposits, of your money, of the nation's money supply. Now, the reason that happened and over 500 million came out of this system last week, which is what we're seeing reported in the news across the banks, people withdrawing not only SVP and Signature, but any bank like JP Morgan, any of the others that are currently working, there's been a net withdrawal about 550 billion of deposits was the early news we saw. The reason that hasn't closed or crashed the economy is because a lot of that was electronic money. Remember about 2 trillion of cash, 1.9 to 2 trillion of cash, exists in the United States stateside in physical format. Now, in euro dollar accounts, you've got more physical cash outside the U.S., but we're talking just in the U.S. The reason that $550 billion withdrawal didn't crash the system is because it wasn't all paper. A lot of people are on their phones, on their electronic devices, making payments, making wires, 
transferring money electronically, going to things like Cash App and Venmo and PayPal, you know, sending money, paying bills off early, saying, well, if I'm going to lose my money, I may as well pay off my house and car, you know, at least get that credit instead of losing it through the banking system. So people have been paying bills and moving money around electronically, which is why the physical cash market hasn't frozen up yet. But you have to anticipate with that much money coming out of the banking system at one period of time, if people continue to do that, if we see another bank go under and people more and more people start to rush, you could see a draw on physical money that likely would cause a nationwide bank holiday. That's something that we definitely have to think about. We have to put that on our risk list. Remember our articles I wrote for Jan Bullion. We've got a risk list. We're writing down what are our risks. I had to go back and adjust mine this morning and do a special video on it for our Jan Bullion followers and subscribers because I had put bank run as low. I, I saw it as a risk, but not the biggest immediate one. I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. I had to adjust that and make, make bank run risk one of the highest risks because we've already seen it. And now that we've already seen it, is it going to happen again? All it takes is another bank or another company saying we're in trouble and it could cause people to panic and go withdraw money. That can happen. So we'll stay tuned and further and, you know, every, every weekly market wrap that we do, we're going to try to get them out quicker. Same day we record them. If we can, we're going to try to bring you all the relevant data. We're going to try to bring you the, the data on the economy, what's going on in gold, silver, what's going on with monetary flows. Just stay right here at Jay and Boyne, gold, silver pros channels where we put this weekly market wrap out on both channels. And we'll keep you guys updated as to what's going on. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need to turn your dial. We'll be here right here with you. Till next time, this is Rob with uh, Gold Silver Pros. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.